Thanks for tuning in to the Purely Woman podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest creations and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to help you make the most from your sex and relationships. Now, welcome your host, Leanne Young. Hello, and welcome back to the Purely Woman podcast. I'm Leanne Young, and this week is all about pleasure products. Today coming on to the show is the wonderful Eleanor Hancock. Now, Eleanor works for Kiro based in Amsterdam. They're an interactive sex tech company. But there's something more about um, Eleanor herself. Now, she's done lots of sex studies on sex doll brothels, hygiene, STIs. She's also had published studies on sex doll robots. So join me as we talk about not just long distance relationships and sexual products, but also sex dolls. Let's welcome Eleanor to the show. Essentially, I am a researcher uh, that researches sex technology and the sex industry and sex robots. So my research was originally just centred around sex workers in Liverpool, which is where I was studying. But then I became involved in the Foundation for Responsible Robotics in The Hague, where I published my report. And then I also became involved with David Levy, who published the famous book Love and Sex of Robots. So now I'm currently working for a sex tech manufacturer in Amsterdam called Kiro. So what we do is we develop devices for long distance love, for solo use, um, but there are interactive sex toys that work with haptic technology. So, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, and you're so young, you're only 25. Yes, I'm only 25. I was 25 in June, yeah. <laughs> and what makes a 25-year-old suddenly like say, I want to go into the sex tech world? Well, to be honest with you, I think that when I first got into it, it was kind of, uh, you know, it was something at university. We'd been given some topics, you know, modules about like the future of kind of about intimacy, not as deep as sex, sex and sex robots, but, you know, the future of communication uh, and communication, you know, alongside new forms of technology. Obviously, I kind of took uh, a different step in that and looked at the future of intimacy in the sex industry But I think that my interest did come largely from working with sex workers. I think that when you start looking at the adult industry and the sex industry, you see it's full of so many complexities, so many different people. And I think that it's very under-researched and it's, um, you know, a huge shame because I think that, uh, you know, research advises policy, um, you know, essentially, which is how sex workers are treated by the government. So I think that more people do need to be aware of sex workers uh, and they're kind of like living in working conditions and alongside technology as well. And do you think that, like, are are sex workers scared that um, sex technology is going to take over and leave them out of work? No, to be honest with you, um, it's funny because obviously when I first started working with sex workers, I wasn't as into the sex robots. But, um, you know, as time went on, I, I was. So, you know, I started, uh, you know, asking them what they thought about my research. And a lot of them, you know, kind of just laughed. They, you know, they said, you know, if you can get a sex robot to replace what I do, you know, I'd be impressed. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, and obviously after listening to their stories and speaking to them, I totally... Uh, you know, I understand that. I think it would be very difficult to replace all sex workers with sex robots. I mean, let's be um, honest, there are some people that will inherently always prefer being with a human anyway. You know, when we talk about the future, I think that it's going to be very hard, you know, for sex robots to replace a lot of sex workers, depending on what setting they are as well. I mean, there's so many different kinds of sex work. So I think that when we even speak about replacing sex workers, we have to understand that we actually need to be more specific because every single, ta- you know, sex worker 
has a, you know, a different experience. There are so many different levels of sex work. You know, there's webcamming now, there's webcamming that uses sex tech. So it's almost, you know, kind of like virtual sex. And obviously you've got street-based sex workers, indoor sex workers, online sex workers. You know, it's it's huge. Completely. It's like I actually, you know, I'm a sex relationship expert and I've been covering pornography in the sex industry for 20 years. And when people say the sex industry, I always say to them, well, that could be a, you know, a naughty friend called chat line. That could be a, yeah. that could be a, um, a dancer in a nightclub or it could be a glamour model. Or it could be a webcam girl, virtual reality um, or an escort or a, a, a street um, worker. I mean, there are so many that I don't personally believe they will be replaced by sex robots. I mean, who could give better or sex than a female? I shouldn't say that, actually, because I'm sure my gay friends would really have a go at me right now and say, hold on one second, we're just as good. (laughs) Sure. Um, And uh, I mean, I think it's one of them as well where, you know, like I said, some people always prefer human, uh, you know, a human sexual partner. But, you know, I think that sex robots clearly do have a market because, you know, at present time we have a lot of sex dolls already that are being manufactured You know, there's been incidents of people kind of being caught, you know, caught with these uh, items at customs. There's clearly a market for it. I mean, Realbotics, one of the largest sex robot. I mean, uh, they have one sex robot harmony in development, but currently they only for commercial sales. They only sell sex dolls. But, you know, they've sold thousands and thousands to date. So there clearly is a market for it. So and and that's what I want to ask you, you know, would there be a market for it? Now, I've been to Vegas. I've been to Expos. I've been to many parts of the world. And I have um, seen, like, sex dolls, and their skin's quite soft, but I just don't think they've got the hands and the feet right yet. Um, I think they're a little bit far way off. But going on to, like, you know, that's one step further going into sex robots. So what kind of people want to have sex with a robot? Well, I think that firstly, you've got to look at a first category. I think there are some probably lonely people out there that struggle to make relationships or friendships in real life and perhaps find it easier to have, you know, almost like a technological uh, companion. Like you see, it's quite common in more, you know, South Asian countries where people, are, you know, have online avatars that they, uh, you know, have like these relationships with. There's, you know, there's been virtual marriages in Japan. So I think there are a lot of people that are willing to kind of rely on technology to get that human, you know, human intimacy and human connection that they would have otherwise got from humans. Secondly, as well, I think that there's a large appetite nowadays for trying new things within the sex industry. And as you've already seen, you know, we've seen that there's been a large amount of sex doll brothels that have opened. So even though these sex dolls don't really have any kind of technological capacity, they're not even going to speak to you. They won't move. You know, there's, there's nothing even... Um, robotic about them never mind about any kind of ai but you know people have still visited them they've still opened so i think that you know uh, to some extent some people will visit them just purely out of you know wanting to try and widen their uh, <laughs> ability to you know engage in hedonistic pleasure you know for pleasure's sake i think that that you know there's a market there for a lot of people who you know are unable to form relationships so do do you, feel yeah. it, do you feel it goes much further than just entertainment? You know, like people would go to a lap dance and joy to see a lap dancer because it's a form of entertainment. So when it comes to sex robots, I mean, the sex dolls alone cost seven and a half thousand euros. I mean, what is the basic price, uh, price of a sex robot? You sent me a link yesterday to one that was on um, 
on this on the this morning show with Philip and Holly. And that only had a 12-volt battery, so it could only do basic stuff. And they couldn't have it on live because of what it may say. So if it's going to go beyond entertainment, how much is an interactive sex robot going to cost in the future? Oh, it's going to cost, um, you know, thousands, 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 towards, I would say, even 10,000, which is why I personally think sex robots will become more commonplace within the sex industry than they ever will in the household for a long time. Because, you know, how is the average person going to be able to afford one? They're not. I think it's going to be a lot more realistic that people will visit and buy, the, uh, you know, buy a, an hour with a sex robot in a brothel or, you know, a sex worked uh, style setting or format because people aren't going to be able to afford their own. Absolutely. I mean, some people say, you know, they, you know, they would do it just for the entertainment purposes. But even with that alone, I mean... How would they deal with the um, hygiene side of stuff? And, you know, how are they cleanable? I mean, how does it all work? Well, obviously, different manufacturers differ in how they make their products. But, um, you know, I work at Kiro, so I know a lot about the fleshlight, which is essentially the pocket pussy. Now, I know that the cleaning process of the pocket pussy is perhaps the least favourite part of, uh, you know, the fleshlight experience per se and it's going to be exactly the same within a sex robot or you know and current sex dolls on the market which you know essentially also makes it um, a bit of a tricky process when they do join the sex industry because who is going to be able to regulate hygiene standards for sex dolls and sex robots once they're owned by you know the brothel owner uh, and they aren't in the hands um, of the manufacturer anymore uh, you know where the hygiene was you know certified you know it's it's foolish to think that sex robots will be free from STIs or anything like that when, you know, they're, they're still going to be used in exactly the same way as, you know, um, a sex worker essentially, you know, would be engaged in sex. You know, it, there's still going to be the potential there for harm. And I think that unless that there is a, you know, a certified cleaning process, you know, you're not going to be able to avoid that. You need to essentially be able to remove you know, the, the vaginal area or the anal area or, or mouth area of a sex robot to be able to clean it properly. Is that what um, you mean by the pocket pussy? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, you, the pocket pussy is already... So, you know, to put it literally, the pocket pussy can already be difficult to clean somewhat, as, you know, you have to essentially rinse it out in the sink. So, you know, unless you can really remove the entry area that you need to clean on a sex robot... It's, you know, it's going to be a very, very tricky process. You're going to have to, you know, be holding a huge, big sex robot, trying to clean it. Um, <laughs> In you know, my head, you know what I mean? it, whatever area, you know, whether it's a mouth, an anus, a vagina, whatever um, replication it is, it needs to be removable, essentially, for you to be able to clean it properly. And obviously... You know, in my opinion, after working with sex workers and looking at sex robots, I think that they would have to regulate that hygiene within brothels. Because, you know, otherwise you could essentially, I think, pass um, for sure bacteria, STIs. You know, it's not going to be hygienic. If it's almost, you know, public use. Well, yeah, because as they're going in there, like as they're paying for, like, say, by the hour to have, you know, sex with a robot. And then obviously if it doesn't get cleaned, then the next person's going to go in... And of no, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and you know, it's who is going to have that job in a brothel? I mean, it's not a nice job, is it? I mean, you know, actually, you know, it's funny because 
it's a job that you don't have with humans. It's almost, you know, like you often find that technology has a way of sanitizing things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And actually in this situation, it would be different because, you know, with a sex worker, um, you know, there's that guarantee that they know that a condom was on because it's, you know, their responsibility, aren't they? That, you know, when you're selling your body, you have to manage it. Yeah, um, you, have, you have to stay be, clean. You have to stay on you top know, of the testing. So, uh, but yeah, that well, that is something that would change if obviously people started adopting sex robots in brothels. I mean, it's obviously an issue that would still be ongoing now with the dolls, but unfortunately, there's just not really enough out there about these brothels to, to you know to tell really at this moment. Um, and a lot, I know a lot of them have been shut down, and it's kind of dubious to what extent they are actually active, you know, and open for business per se. But, you know, yeah, the seed has been sown. <laughs> the seed has been sown. Why Why have they taken them, like, why have they closed this place down? Is it because they feel that it's going to cause social isolation or will it lead to harm in some way? Well, I think that in some cases, you know, there's been kind of a bit of a public outcry about it. Like in Paris, there were some kind of like sex workers that were unhappy about it. There was the general public that was happy about it because it was opened quite somewhere within the city centre, I believe. But then obviously the one in, I know that the one in the UK in Scotland was shut down because it was kind of, you know, like a guy running, out, running it out of his house. So I think that it was, you know, I mean, neighbours uh, curtain twitching and uh, complaining. <laughs> but you know what, you know, I don't know how many people would... Uh, feel about a sex doll brothel opening up on their road so I, I suppose it would just be like I, I, I'm trying to picture it like I'm trying to imagine whether you know rather than having the pussy boxes or the pussy pouches that they would able ever be able to put a, a sex robot into the shower and shower the robot um, if it, if it oh, was for personal I use. I think so. I definitely think so. I mean, there's sex. I mean, if you um, go on YouTube, there's um, a, like a documentary called um, quite an infamous guy now called Dave Cat, and he has a sex doll, and you know he dresses it up every day, and you know he has quite a, you know, he has another sex doll. I mean, he's you know he's really into it, and he sees them as like companions. So you know, if some people out there can already forge that kind of well, you know, you know, stim uh, simulate that kind of human connection with essentially, you know, an object, then, you know, sure, people are going to be able to have the same thing with something that's more convincing, you know, when a sex robot really does come along. Yeah, well, but also it's like, it you know, a sex, a sex doll, I suppose, um, a sex robot is technology, just like the vibrators are running in. You know, they're technical now. Tell us a bit about your long-distance vibrator, because this really, really fascinates me, because I had a three-year long-distance relationship between Australia and England. And for me, you know, just seeing my partner once a month, it, it used to drive me crazy, so I'd be, use vibrators at home, and then we'd have great fun for a week. But I would have my ups and my downs of my sexual pleasure, and I'd get a little bit depressed, actually that he wasn't involved, you know, during those three, four weeks that I didn't see him. And I've never heard of a long-distance sex toy. We used to always talk about it, going, wouldn't it be amazing? And Kiro, that you work for, have invented this exact product. Yes. So, yeah, what we do is we help with uh, long-distance love. So we have a range of devices for males and females that can be, uh, you know, remotely connected, allowing you to, you know, engage in a night of fun, whether your partner is, you know, in Paris, New York, uh, Australia, even in your case, or vice versa. 
But yeah, so haptic technology is technology that uses touch to control uh, and interact with computers, essentially. So, for example, I could be holding one of our Kiro vibrators yes, in my hand. Tell, the, tell the, the, the viewers just how to spell Kiro, please. So it's K-I-I-R-O-O. Right, okay, cool. It's said Kiro, so it's, you know, I kind of wanted to say Cairo at first, but it's Kiro. But yeah, so they used a haptic technology to, you know, can allow for this remote connection between their devices. So we have, on the women's side, we have, you know, vibrators and uh, dildo-style devices. But then on the male side, what we actually have is a male masturbator. Well, there's um, two is different that the, Is that the flashlight? So, no, so what that we work with fleshlight because our product uses the fleshlight. The male masturbators, you put the fleshlight inside it, and that is essentially obviously what the it would go on your penis. But what our device does is it automatically moves it. So you know we call them a stroker. So it will automatically stroke your penis for you on the fleshlight. Okay. Have you seen one of the YouTube videos? I am on your website now with um, one of my male colleagues. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm showing in like the flashlight, so as you can Adriana see, yeah, so pack, and we're looking at all the vaginas that are available. Yeah, so if you can see that on the stamina pack, you can see that you know that gold thing inside the stamina pack that is the flashlight, ah, and then obviously so, our, our, our device okay, is okay. device around it. So what the black device is doing at the launch is it's moving the flashlight. Oh wow! So so the 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 skin like vagina goes inside this gold thing. And it's the actual launch that does all the work, does the vibrations. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The launch does all of the work for you. And also, it can be paired up with any interactive content and a corresponding female device. So, for example, you know, I could be holding one of the female devices. I'm just going to... So, say if you go on the hair page and go on vibrators and then have a look at the Pearl 2. You can imagine I'm holding the Pearl 2 in my hand. You know, it's, you know, like a penis-shaped object. And say the movements that I, you know, right, I'm on the pearl too. Yeah, this is the couple set. Yeah, that I put onto that vibrator will correspond with the launch and move it in uh, in sync. So you know, if I stroke the G spot vibrator, just like I would, you know, stroke my boyfriend's uh, penis, this that movement will be mirrored onto the launch wow. so onto, you know so onto someone's actual penis that is using the device so you could you know virtually kind of give someone like a hand job and uh, obviously we have the onyx 2 as well that's considered more of like a blow job stimulator because we don't use the fleshlight for that we have our own sleeve that we use in there you've got fantastic products here i'm i'm you know, it would have been so cool if I could have given my ex-partner a hand job from London. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know, what can we do, babe? We just weren't there back then. I know, it's such a shame. I mean, how new is this company? I mean, I've been around the sex toy industry for a few years, and this is, um, to me, I'm, I'm finding this so fascinating. Yeah, so they've actually been around since 2013. So they've oh. been around for a while. I mean, I became familiar with them when I was doing my research because I kind of reached out to them. Obviously, back when I was doing my MRES, I was very interested in this technology because, but not, you know, the long-distance love side. I was actually looking at how webcam workers were using the technology because webcam work in itself has always been on quite ethically and morally shaky grounds because it's like, you know, is it sex work? Is it not, you know? They, they're behind a computer screen and they, you know, have these kind of intimate relationships with guys who essentially see, you know, all areas of their body and 
you know, they could have like phone sex, et cetera, or, you know, um, you know, like more of a, you know, sex via, you know, just emailing, speaking, um, like verbally. This is a, this but is, this is but it's still not, you know, quite prostitution and conventional sex work, but then introduce these sex toys. And again, what happens to those boundaries? It's, you know what I mean? It's very interesting. Well, I mean, this, this to me is better than virtual reality because they're going to actually not just see it, but they're going to feel it. So they mm -hmm. could actually call up their webcam favourite and they could be working together and then he could actually feel what she's doing to him. Yeah, I mean, we work with a lot of webcam models who really enjoy using this product. So, you know, I think that it certainly helps them benefit with their work because, you know, it enables them to offer more to clients with, you know, relative ease. You know, it allows them to offer a whole new different experience, which, you know, people looking at webcam girls would not have been able to do before. That's so, yeah, I think it's really, really interesting. So do I. This is really, really fascinating. It's been wonderful having you on the show, and I'm definitely going to have you back on the show for um, future talks, Eleanor. For anybody that wishes to go and visit Eleanor's site, it's K-I-I-R-O-O.com, and there you'll find him, her, couples, and company information of how you can fill your lover from anywhere in the world. Eleanor, thank you very much for joining us today on the show. You've been listening to the Purely Woman podcast. Now remember, please go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Next week on the show, we're going to be chatting to some of the starters of the sexual pleasure product market. We're talking about women who invented board games for couples, think monogamy. And then I'm going to be speaking to two 25-year-olds that are bringing to the market a new vibrator that they've invented themselves. So stay tuned. Remember, give me those five stars on iTunes and I'll speak to you next week. This episode has been produced by Podcast Syndicator. To find out more about Podcast Syndicator, go to www.podcastsyndicator.com. You've been listening to the Purely Woman Podcast. The Purely Woman Podcast is brought to you by Simply Fat Freezing. For more details, please tweet us at purelywoman1. That's purelywoman and the number one.